Well, good morning, everyone. It's, uh, it's a real pr- privilege to be here this morning and to be able to share with you from God's Word. Uh, before I do that, I'm going to pray. So please pray with me. Let's pray together. Father, we do thank you for this chance to gather together now as your people and to hear from your Word. And we pray that as we do that, Lord, you would help us. Please help me, Lord, to explain your Word truthfully and clearly. And please help all of us, Lord, to respond to your word with joy and trust and obedience and praise. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. A while ago, I read a story about a pastor in China who was leading a church in his home when the police rushed in and arrested him for preaching the gospel. They dragged him away, they stripped him of his warm clothes, and they threw him into a prison cell. And in the prison cell, he noticed something unusual. In the corner, there was an old drum. Now, what would you have done in those circumstances? You've been arrested, you may be facing death. How would you have responded? Well, this Chinese pastor went... And he sat down next to that drum and he began to beat out a rhythm. And then he began to sing. And he sang Psalm 150, a psalm full of praise to God. Now, how is that possible? How is it possible for someone in prison facing death to praise God? Or perhaps closer to home for us, how is it possible for us to praise God when we're struggling with our health? Or when we're worried about our finances? Or when we're facing tension in our families? How can we praise God in those circumstances? Well, I think Psalm 150 helps us to answer that question. And so this morning, I want us to have a look together at Psalm 150 and to think about our praise life. Now, I know it's a bit unusual to begin at the very end of a book. And so before we focus on Psalm 150, I just want to point out one thing about the book of Psalms as a whole. Uh, If you've ever read through all 150 Psalms, you may have noticed that they are divided up into five books. So turn with me uh, to page 536, to the start of the book of Psalms, page 536. On page 536, we find Psalm 1. But notice, above Psalm 1, there is a heading that says... Book 1. Now turn with me over to page 560. Page 560. And we find Psalm 42. But above Psalm 42, there is another heading, Book 2. And there are five of these books in the book of Psalms. Now, I want you to notice how book one ends. So look with me at Psalm 41, verse 13. Page 560, Psalm 41, verse 13. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Amen and amen. Book one ends with praise 
to God. And some rainy day when you're at home and have some time, you can flick through the book of Psalms and you will find that each of the five books ends with praise to God. Uh, There is this persistent note of praise to God all through the book of Psalms. And as you get to the end of the book of Psalms, the conclusion of the whole book, that note of praise gets louder and clearer. The book of Psalms ends with six whole psalms of praise and the crescendo is Psalm 150. The psalms are full of praise to God. The word praise occurs more than 200 times in the book of Psalms. Now that does not mean that the book of Psalms is naive that it ignores the problems or the difficulties in this world. In fact, I think one of the reasons why the book of Psalms is so popular is because it's so real. The book of Psalms is full of praise, but it's also full of pain and sadness and struggle and fear and doubt and cries for help. The psalmists, they know what it is to suffer. And yet, in the midst of all of that, in the messy realities of this life, there is this persistent note of praise to God. And friends, I think that's a great reminder to us to praise God in all circumstances. But how? How do we do that? How can we praise God in the messy realities of this life as we struggle with our health? or worry about our finances, or face tension in our families, how can we praise God? Well, again, I think Psalm 150 helps us with that. So turn with me to page 627, page 627, and let's have a look together at Psalm 150. I think Psalm 150 answers four key questions about praising God. First of all, the question, where, where is God to be praised? So look with me at verse 1. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Where is God to be praised? He is to be praised in his sanctuary and he is to be praised in his mighty heavens. Now I take it that that reference in verse 1 to God's sanctuary is a reference to the earthly temple in Jerusalem. It's often referred to in the Old Testament as God's sanctuary. So here then is a reminder to us that God is to be praised on earth and in heaven. In other words, God is to be praised everywhere. Now that idea of praising God everywhere becomes even clearer when we turn to the New Testament. Because in the New Testament, it's very clear that those of us who belong to Jesus, that we are now the temple of God. And so we can worship and praise God wherever we are. We don't need a special building. We don't need a special place. We can and we should praise God everywhere. Uh, In the 1980s, there was an American baseballer named Oral Hirschheiser. And one year, Oral Hershiser was pitching in the World Series of Baseball. It's like the grand final of American baseball. Biggest game of the year. It's watched by tens of millions of people. And all through this game, every time the camera zoomed in close on Oral Hershiser's face, his mouth 
was moving. It was like he was saying something or singing something. And so in the interview after the game, the interviewer said to him, why was your mouth moving? It looked like you were singing. And Oral Hershiser told the interviewer he was singing. And so the interviewer asked him to sing whatever it was that he was singing during the game. And this is what Oral Hershiser sang. Praise him above, ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son and Holy Ghost. As he was pitching in the World Series of Baseball, Oral Hershiser was praising God. And friends, that's what we're to do. Whether we are pitching in the World Series of Baseball or sitting in a freezing prison cell in China or waiting for a taxi. Whether we are at home or at work or in the bank, wherever we are, we should be ready to praise God. Praising God is not just for church on a Sunday. It is a whole of life activity. Where should we praise God? Wherever we are. Well, the second question that Psalm 150 addresses is the question, why? Why should we praise God? And this is, I think, the, the main question. It's the one I want to spend the most time on this morning. Why should we praise God? Look at me at verse 2. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Did you notice there are two reasons here for praising God? We should praise God for his acts of power and we should praise him for his surpassing greatness. In other words, we praise God because he is worthy of our praise. Now, God's acts of power are the things that God has done. Now for the psalmist, that would have meant praising God for his creation. And praising God for his acts of rescue, in particular rescuing Israel out of slavery in Egypt and bringing them into the promised land. The psalmist had a lot to praise God for. But friends, we have even more to praise God for. We still praise God for his creation, but we know more about his creation now. We know how big the universe is. And we know how small the atom is. And God made all of it from nothing. We should praise him for that. And when we praise God for his acts of rescue, we don't just praise him for rescuing Israel out of slavery in Egypt. We praise him for an even greater rescue than that. Because God has rescued us from slavery to sin. And he's done it through the death of Jesus on the cross so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be brought back into relationship with God. Surely, surely we should praise God for that. Imagine uh, that you are in a house building one day and, and it, it catches on fire and you are stuck. And the flames get bigger and bigger and the smoke gets thicker and thicker and you can't get out. And then all of a sudden, someone comes crashing through the door and they pick you up and they drag you out of the house to safety. And you're lying on the footpath, catching your breath. And once you recover, you stand up and you walk off without saying anything to the person who rescued you. 
Is that what we'd do? Of course not. We'd thank the person. And we would tell everyone else we knew what they had done for us. And every time we saw a fire, we'd be reminded of what they did and we'd be thankful again. Well, friends, God has saved us, not just from a burning house, but if we've trusted in Jesus, God has saved us from our sin and from the eternal punishment that we deserve. Surely, surely we should praise him for that. Surely we should sing this psalm of praise to our Lord Jesus. Friends, we should praise God for his acts of power, for the wonderful things that he's done. And verse 2 goes on to say that we should also praise God for his surpassing greatness. In other words, we should praise him for who he is, for his character. God is eternal and he is eternal everywhere and he knows everything and he is all powerful god is glorious he's holy god is perfectly just god is faithful he always keeps his word god is gracious god is loving his love it's beyond our comprehension God is compassionate and merciful and generous. That, that's who God is. And so he deserves our praise. Why do we praise God? Because of who he is and what he has done. Friends, biblical praise, it's not just empty emotion or mindless sentiment. It's a response to who God is and what he's done. And so the more we understand of who God is, the more we remember what he's done for us, the more we will want to praise him. I used to work as a physiotherapist in a hospital. I worked in the neurology ward and one of my jobs was to get patients up after they'd had surgery, had brain tumours removed and, and help them get walking again. And I remember one patient in particular. He was a Christian man, and he had had a very difficult life. He had contracted polio as a child, and so all through his life he'd been wearing splints on his legs and using crutches to get around. And then as an adult he began to develop brain tumours, lots of brain tumours. In the end I think he had more than 10 different surgeries to remove more than 20 brain tumours. And after one of those surgeries, I remember going into his room, we got him up out of bed, got his splints on, got him into this big walking frame, and we struggled down the hospital corridor. And it was a battle. And when we got to the end of the corridor, he looked at me and he said, praise God. And I remember saying to him how I thought it was amazing that he could praise God in those difficult circumstances. And when I said that to him, he he looked at me a bit confused, as if he was wondering what else he could do. And then he said to me, God is good. That's why I praise him. Friends, how is it possible for that man in those circumstances to praise God? How is it possible for that Chinese pastor in that freezing prison cell to praise God? How is that possible? It was possible because those men knew God. 
They knew his acts of power. They knew his surpassing greatness. And so they praised him. Friends, the more we grasp of who God is, the more we remember what he has done, the more we will want to join the psalmist and praise the Lord. In fact, we won't be able to help it. How can we praise God when we face difficult circumstances? By remembering who he is and what he has done. Where do we praise God? Wherever we are. Why do we praise God? Because of who he is and what he's done. And that brings us to the third question in Psalm 150, and that is the question, how? How are we to praise God? Look with me at verses 3 to 5. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and lyre. Praise him with timbrel and dancing. Praise him with the strings and pipe. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. One of the ways that we praise God is in music and song. Uh, The context here in Psalm 150 is the context of corporate worship. God's people gathered together to praise him. And in the time of the psalmist, that was done with loud instruments and even dancing. Now, I don't think that the list of instruments here in Psalm 150 is meant to be exhaustive or prescriptive. I don't think this psalm is telling us what instruments we can and can't use to praise God. That's not the point. If we want to get the point, we have to imagine what this would have been like. We have to imagine what this would have sounded like. This is a picture of loud, energetic, enthusiastic, joyful praise. There is nothing half-hearted here. This is not obligation. This is passionate praise of God. And friends, that is how we are to praise God with joy and enthusiasm and energy. We are to praise God with everything that we have, with anything that we have. Even if it's just an old drum in a prison cell. We're to praise God with everything that we have. Well, the final question that Psalm 150 addresses is the question, who? Who should praise the Lord? Look with me at verse 6. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Who should praise God? Everything that has breath, every living creature. Uh, Genesis 1 tells us that it's God who gives us our breath. Every breath we breathe comes from him. And Psalm 150 tells us what is the greatest use for our breath, to praise the Lord. Friends, praising God, it should be as natural to us as breathing. And as long as we have breath, we should praise him. But there's something else I want us to notice from this final verse in the book of Psalms. And that is the theme of mission. The theme of mission is actually found all through the book of Psalms and it's here again in this final verse. You see, this is a call to everyone who has breath, that is, people of all nations, to praise the Lord. 
And so, friends, here is a reminder to us that not only are we to praise God, but we are to call others, people of all nations, to praise him with us. The American preacher John Piper says, Mission exists because worship does not. Mission exists because worship does not. We engage in mission because we want to see more and more people praising God. Why? Because that's what God deserves. Friends, we are to praise God and we are to call on others to praise him with us. That's our reason for existence. I wonder if you noticed in the second Bible reading that we had this morning from uh, 1 Peter 2. At 1 Peter 2, we read this. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Why? That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. That is a description of who we are in Jesus. And that is a description of what we are to do. We are to declare God's praises. Wherever we are, whatever we're doing, we're to praise him. We're to praise him for who he is and for what he's done. We're to praise him with everything that we have. And we are to call on others to praise him with us. And so, friends, I think we have to ask the question, is that what we are like? Do we praise the Lord like that? I have to admit that all too often, I do not. How about you? Friends, if we're not in the practice of praising God like this, well, we need to repent. And we need to go back to Psalm 150 verse 2 and we need to remind ourselves of who God is and what he's done for us. Because the more we grasp of God, the more we will want to praise him. How do we praise God in our difficult circumstances, in the messy reality of this life? How do we do that? By remembering who he is and what he has done. May God help us to praise him as he deserves. Why don't we pray together and ask him to do that now. Let's pray. Gracious Father, we praise you for you are awesome. And we are sorry for those times when we do not live with a heart of praise. And Father, we ask that you would help us by your spirit to have a bigger and clearer picture of who you are and what you have done. That we might worship you, praise you as you deserve. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.